Today on CityCast Denver, there's a brand new COVID variant heading our way, the ominously named Omicron. Also, the markets took a major dive on Black Friday with supply chain problems and fears of inflation dampening the shopping fun. It's looking more and more like another cold, lonely winter, which makes it the perfect time to disappear into a good book. So today on the show, find your next page turner or maybe the perfect gift for the reader in your life. We've got our regular host, Bree Davies, in conversation with two book buyers from the Tattered Cover, Jeremy Patlin and Kathy Baum, about the Tattered Cover's Books of the Year 2021. Today is Monday, November 29th, 2021. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. Well, Jeremy and Kathy, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So we're going to talk about um, Tattered Covers. Is this your best books of the year list? What are you you guys calling it? Well, we called it Books of the Year 2021. How did you come up with this list? We started with our buying team, right? And then we asked a couple of other people across the company, big readers, um, what their real strong opinions are. And we started with a big list of titles where we just thought of what were the books that we loved in 2021, that were published in 2021. And, um, you know, we said in a couple of places, these were the books that kept us up at night. These were the books that we finished reading or like absolutely fell in love with because our jobs as buyers, right? We have to get through a lot of books and um, like, you know, a couple of them that I put through, like I actually finished them, which can be a really big statement at times. And um, yeah, so then we had this great roundtable basically discussion and where we went to bat for the books that really we really wanted on this list. And of course, we took some things into consideration, like what did sell, what our customers really liked. Um, but it was really just these were what we considered to be the best books of 2021. It was hard for us to narrow it down. We do read a lot. And we had some people who were definitely going to the mat for some things that made it on the list. There are still some that we love that had to get cut, but we're still on speaking terms with each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a hard, it's a, it could be a hearty debate. I mean, you're, yeah. you're all book lovers. Like you said, Jeremy, you know, you read so many books every year, really narrowing it down is, is a lot, but that's why folks come to Tattered Cover, I think too, for those recommendations for, you know, a personal approach to reading that says, Hey, you might like this because, um, so Kathy, do you want to start with one of your picks from the list? Sure. I'll start with Crying in H Mart, uh, by Michelle Zahner. And this was not initially on my radar this year, but our customers kept buying it and buying it and buying it. And, um, I buy the adult, the new books, the new adult books for the store. And I was reordering this every week for many months. So I thought, okay, I I finally need to dig into this. And it was just beautifully written. Um, It's about culture and food and family and relationships. And I really think, especially now, we're all about to get together for the holidays with people and everyone maybe has something that their mother used to make or their grandmother used to make. And 
this, this memoir really has the connection of food all through it, but Michelle really talks about her relationship growing up with her mother and then caring for her mother as um, she passed away. And, you know, I think many of us can relate to growing up in teenage years and sometimes it's, you know, not so easy uh, between teenagers and their parents and young adults and their parents. And Michelle just puts this all together beautifully in a memoir and I highly recommend it. The other thing I will say with this one is there are a lot of Korean pronunciations. Um, Michelle is part Korean. Her mother was Korean. And I ended up, after I read it, I actually got the audio version so I could listen to Michelle read it so I could get the pronunciations correct in my head because I knew I wasn't uh, reading it. So I've learned a lot about Korean food. You, this book will also make you hungry. <laughs> what is so interesting to me is I know Michelle Zahner uh, as Japanese breakfast, which is her pro her music project that was my initial introduction i still this book is on my list for that reason but i'm like i love this person's art i can imagine this book is wonderful and i've heard nothing but wonderful things so yeah she's very creative and it's really well written and jeremy what's one of your titles uh, intimacies by katie kitamura it is, it was just, so I'm a language nerd. Um, I was a, a literature major in college. I studied a couple different foreign languages over the years, and I have always been really fascinated by translation and how you can so subtly shade anything with the words you choose to use from one language to another. And this book is just some of the most beautiful writing I've come across in the past couple of years. It blew me away. I found myself texting friends sentences from the book as I was reading it. It's a pretty quiet novel. It's not a very long one. And the main character is a translator at the international uh, court in The Hague. And it goes into her private life and her relationships, and they're very intimate stories, but sometimes on a very grand scale. And about the power, again, about the power of translation and, and the words that we use and or, or don't use. You mentioned texting your friends. When you read something, I see this on Instagram a lot where people highlight something they've read, like this is so, like it grabs you so much, you wanna share those actual words with other people. Take a picture, circle it, text and send on. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Um, so Kathy, can you give me one more recommendation from um, your picks? Well, I am struggling between two, but I'll, I'll stick with um, Cloud Cuckoo Land with, from Anthony Doerr. And like Jeremy mentioned, we read a lot of books. I read parts of a lot of books. Um, when I can finish a book, then I know I really liked it. When I can finish a long book, however, then it's really, really important and, and well-written. Um, this book is about 600 pages. So it's one that you're going to want to dive into when you have a little bit of time. Um, but if you love to get completely lost and absorbed in a book, this is the one. Um, as booksellers, we love books, but we also love books about books. And so there's a thread line throughout this about these three characters or three storylines, I should say, over three different periods in time. So one is sort of present day, one is way in the future, and one is way in the past. And they're all reading the same story that has preserved um, throughout, has been preserved throughout the centuries. And so it's just delightful, it's complex, and it's one that I talked about 
all year long. All year long. I know. I did. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy can attest to you talking about it to everyone, which is a sign of a wonderful book. Absolutely. <laughs> and Jeremy, you've got one more pick for us as well. Yeah. Um, I very recently listened to The Holly, which was, and I know you've done a podcast about it in the past and it's been in the news recently, but it is absolutely extraordinary. New at 11 today, this man, Terrence Roberts, once uh, one of Denver's most well-known community activists, is starting trial for attempted murder. He admits to shooting a reputed gang member, ironically, at a peace An rally. An anti-gang activist who was once a gang member himself is on trial for attempted murder. Terrence Roberts' case is getting a lot of attention before the 2013 shooting. He spent eight years trying to clean up Denver's Park Hill community. Now the victim's family is telling 7 News they don't believe that Hassan Jones threatened him. And um, as a recent, well, I've been here about five and a half, six years as a newcomer to Colorado and to Denver. I am fascinated at learning the history of, you know, neighborhoods two miles from where I live now. It, it's, it is troubling. It is insightful. It is exciting. It's, and it's relevant. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's still happening right now. I'm, I'm really, really happy uh, to have uh, listened to the book. It was definitely a staff pick, though. We got we get advanced copies, and um, I think we had those probably about three months ahead of time. And I had like six on my desk, and literally within a day they were swiped up. So people who had lived here for a long time grabbed it and said, "I must read it." So yeah, and and we you like you were saying we had a we had a conversation with Terrence Roberts, who's the subject of the book, um, as well as uh, Julian Rubenstein, who's the author. And so it's cool. I'm glad you guys picked this book because it, like you said, it, it kind of, it kind of, it ties into Denver. It gives folks a little bit of perspective in, in our, into our recent history, but also just a little bit about what, what our city is about, who the people are, who the players are. And yeah, I, I've been, I've read excerpts from it and thought, oh gosh, I know all of these players. I need to read this whole book. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really very very fascinating, and we actually have a signing with um, with him. I think on December seventeenth, I was sixteenth at seven o'clock at our McGregor Square store. Oh, cool! And, and so uh, you can you can meet uh, Julian and get a, a signed copy of the book as well. And I'm glad you brought in McGregor Square because that was just my last question for you both. Was you know there's been a lot of changes um, to Tattered Cover in the last year. Um, really exciting things happening, new stores opening, um, you know, you're you're sort of reintroducing yourselves to the community in some sense. Um, what are you both really excited for folks to um, know or experience when they come into one of the stores? That we're, you know, we are still the tattered cover. It's a new location and we're, what, four or five blocks from where we used to be. Um, if you've not been there yet, certainly go upstairs. It's, it's one of my favorite places in the city right now. Great windows overlooking everything, and it's just so pretty up there. Um, and we're excited to grow. We're excited to, to continue um, to offer books to this city. It, there has been a lot of change for us and the city and this country in general, and we're doing our best to adapt, but not to change too much. You know, we're, we're doing our best. It's a balance. Yeah, for sure. It is a balance every single day. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy and Kathy, thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. As Bree, Jeremy, and Kathy alluded to, this has been a big year for the Tattered Cover. 
After a sale late last year to current owner Kwame Spearman and a group of local investors, the Tattered celebrated its 50th anniversary with a major expansion. They opened new shops in the Stanley Marketplace, Westminster, and most recently in Colorado Springs. But all is not well in the land of local bookshops. Two weeks ago, a large pickup truck crashed through the front window of Capitol Hill Books at 300 East Colfax. According to Westward, the truck destroyed several of the shop's most valuable rare books. So to cover the losses and the cost of rebuilding, they're holding a GoFundMe with the goal of raising $3,500. I'll drop a link in the show notes if you want to help out. Meanwhile, ever since Bree talked to CityCast Denver sports guy Jake Shapiro a couple of weeks ago about the quagmire that is our local sports broadcast rights, I've been paying a little extra attention to Denver's own billionaire behind the curtain, Stan Kroenke. His family owns the Nuggets and the Avs, and also, as I learned recently, the NFL's Los Angeles Rams. Over the holiday break, news broke that Kroenke and the NFL have settled out of court with the city of St. Louis over Kroenke's decision to move the team to Southern California a few years back. The people of St. Louis were obviously upset that he took their team, and now he and the league have agreed to cough up $790 million to make the problem go away. Don't worry too much about Mr. Kroenke, though. His net worth is still estimated at over $10 billion. And he's still married to an heiress of the Walmart fortune. But if you're hurting for cash, Stan, I'm sure Comcast would love to restart talks about lifting the local sports TV blackout. Just a thought. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. For more news and events and all kinds of weird new stuff we're trying, sign up for our weekday morning newsletter at denver.citycast.fm. Bree will be back tomorrow morning. And just between you and me, I bet she would love if you greeted her with a fresh Apple Podcast review. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be so nice. Bye.